Welcome to this week two edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. I, of course, am Bruce Monin, your host. I am also the writer and editor of this podcast, recording once again from the Wyoming suburb in Cincinnati. Since I am the only writer and I do not get paid for the job, I am not affected by the Hollywood writer's strike and this podcast forges onward, unlike others. You're not in the union, are you there, Tyler? Yeah, not at all. We're good. All right. As you may have just noticed, unfortunately not checking in from the greater Cincinnati area is our co-host, executive producer, and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin. She has been sidelined by an overabundance of real-world type work, something that an old retired guy like me is glad to be done with. I still got many years till that happens. Well, instead, as you hear, checking in from Minster, we have our substitute co-host, Mr. Tyler Stevie. Welcome aboard, hey guys. Tyler. It's nice to be on here. I know Tyler as we are in the booth at football games on Friday nights. He does some of the high-tech film stuff up in the booth on game night that I watch all the time, but I really don't understand. So, Tyler, first thing I want to do is have you tell me what the heck you do up there on Friday nights. Basically, I take a play-by-play breakdown and label everything from the start to the end and whether it's a pass run or any of that. And then I fill out the rest, like how far it went. And after that, I send it to the coaches. And in milliseconds, it gets sent to their iPads in which they can watch. So then that gets attached to the video that the coaches watch live during the game. And then I assume also is on the video that's on huddle for viewing afterwards. Yep. All of that. And it used to be, I remember it was, I was still there when they sent films out to be developed after the game, when they had a reel. (laughs) And one of the assistant coaches would have to run somewhere and get it done at like one or two in the morning, like in Pickler or Dayton or something. So it could drive back and be there for Saturday morning coaches breakdown. That's out of my time frame. We're fine. <laughs> so, Tyler, one other thing. I saw, I noticed someone else was up helping you last week. I assume you're now, what, a senior in high school? Yes, I'm a senior. So, so is that your substitute, my... your training there? Yeah, I had a seventh grade boy come up with me to watch me last week. So hopefully next year he'll be able to do it, but never know. <laughs> yeah, we hope so. I I depend on that film to do the do some of the defensive stats after the game. So yeah. getting back, getting on to normal business here. I don't suppose Tyler, you're a big fan of professional cycling. Oh, not really, but I mean I don't have the time to do it, so it's different. <laughs> I was just watching this week. We had the start of the Vuelta a España, three-week stage race in Spain. It's run by the same people that run the Tour de France, but you can tell it's not quite as important. They don't quite put the work into it that they put into the Tour de France. For instance, stage one Saturday, a nice team time trial. It's in Barcelona. They're riding by the Sagrada Familia, the the famous unfinished cathedral in, in the city there. And they say, you know what? Let's have this at twilight. It'll look really cool. If it's just as the sun's going down, 
everything will look sharp. It'll look good on TV. And no one decided to think about what happens if it rains. <laughs> and clouds yeah. come in and it gets really dark. And you know what happens when it rains? It's so dark, the bike riders can't see the road. It was a minor disaster. But fun television. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So that was my excitement on a non-football front for this week. Yeah, we started school this week, so that was pretty fun for us. Homework piling in already? Oh, yeah. All those all physics, calculus, government, all of those. Back when I was a substitute teacher, I used to love doing physics and calculus. Of course, I didn't have homework. I just gave homework. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the fun job. Oh, very much so, yes. So anyway, I mentioned earlier I'm in Wyoming down in Cincinnati. We're going to use that as the lead-in to our first. Scores of the week. Ready, Tyler? I'm going to give you the score, see if you know what's important about it. Cincinnati, Wyoming, 13, Monroe, 0. Does that score sound significant to you in any way? Not really. I don't think it really was either. But I was told this was perhaps Wyoming's toughest game of the entire 2023 regular season. Oh, my. Wyoming has not lost a regular season game since 2015. Jeez. They what is that, 100 games? Uh, not quite. Regular season games, it's uh, 79, something like that. Oh, it's, my. It's the current state record. But you don't yeah. know about that because you never hear them come state championship time, do you? Nope, not at all. They have a very easy regular season schedule and a much more difficult uh, playoff schedule. And they usually get knocked out before they get out of their regional. Yeah. My personal opinion is maybe they should bump up the regular season schedule just a tad. Yeah, probably. Maybe they can play uh, someone like, uh, I don't know, Minster maybe in week two next year. I think we need a game, don't we? Yeah, we do. Graham just, they don't seem like they're too interested anymore. No, I don't think they want to continue that contract after this year. So, Yeah. Here's our thing. If anyone in Wyoming's listening. <laughs> Give us a call in Minster. We'll see if we set up the trip. People in Minster could use a trip down, get a little Skyline Chili, a little Grater's ice cream in the early part of the football season, I think. Heck yeah, I'd be down for that. Right, we're going to go light on the scores of the week this week. I have just one more. Van Lu 56, Millersport 28. Wow. Now, if you follow Van Lu, and not many people do, they generally have about 16 players on their roster. They, uh, going into this game, had the state's longest losing streak. Or no, let me take that back. They had one of the state's longest losing streaks at 25 games. <laughs> so a nice 28-point victory is quite a great thing for the folks up at Van Lu. Yeah, no kidding. I only found two longer losing streaks active in Ohio. One was by Columbus West at 35 consecutive losses. And the other was Columbus Mifflin at 27. And by the way, that Columbus West team that's lost 35 straight, they also play Millersport this year. So we have hopes to get another losing streak taken care of before the season's done. That'd be crazy. Which means it's 
probably a tough year to be a fan of Millersport, I would think. <laughs> Definitely. This week, as we work our way through the regions, we're going to start inserting some little tidbits from Drew Pasteur's Fantastic 50 website. And yes, I do have his permission, of course. We also have 15 teams that his website says have already basically clinched their playoff berth after only two games of the season. I've made the executive decision that we're not going to talk about these 15 teams yet because I'm thinking if only two games in, the old computer just might have a change of heart if there's a different result rolls in this week. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good call. Now, you're a tech guy. What does a computer change? They don't have a heart. If a computer can't have a change of heart, what does it have a change of? I'm not really that big of a tech guy. <laughs> we might have to ask uh, Mr. Oldegus on that one. I was thinking maybe a change of diode or a change of processor. It just doesn't have the ring to it, though. It doesn't sound right. So yeah. Maybe a change of its computer heart. How about that? Oh, I am going to back off on that just one bit. Of those 15 teams, of course, you would think they were all undefeated teams. There was actually one with a one-and-one one record that Mr. Pasteur says has locked up a playoff spot. So just in case anyone's curious, we'll let you know that the Columbus Grove Bulldogs in Region 22 suffered a slight upset loss in Week 1 to Pandora Gilboa. Then they pulled off a mild upset this week over Liberty Benton. The Fantastic 50 computer predicts that Columbus Grove will win the rest of their games fairly easily with perhaps their toughest test coming up against Patrick Henry this week. But his computer says they are so much ahead of most of those teams, there's no way they won't win enough that they won't make the playoffs. So we'll confirm it next week, but right now, you know, congratulations, Columbus Grove, right? Welcome to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Of course, if they lose to Patrick Henry, we'll see what the computer thinks then. But. Yeah, I mean, that's till later, so that's <laughs> all right. You you good at doing it the norm, normal way? We start with the big schools and work our way down. Yep, that's perfect. All right, you never know what the new what a uh, emergency co-host is going to say here. So we'll start with Division One, Region Two, where we follow one team. Finley, who's currently number 10 in that region with a one-on-one -one record. There are 17 teams in that region. 15 of them have at least one win so far. So Finley and those other 14 teams currently in the playoffs. And there's still room for one winless team to sneak in to the top 16. Wow. But being Division One, there's only 17 teams there anyway. So that means, you know, pretty much everyone gets in except one team that's really bad, I guess. That would be unfortunate. Yes, it would. Hate to be that team, wouldn't you? Yeah. By the way, Finley earned some nice points this week, defeated one-on-one -on -one Lima Senior, and they are pretty much expected to roll through their next four games before they hit the meat of their schedule. So we probably won't talk about it much the next four weeks. Just assume they're moving on up, and we'll tell you by how much, but that's about it. Moving down to Division Two, Region 8. Yeah, 23 teams in this region. Only 12 teams have won a game yet. That means there are 11 0 and 2 teams in this region. Jeez. So, four of those teams, all they need to do is win a couple somewhere and they can get into the playoffs, get into the top 16. Exactly. 
our favorite team there, or shouldn't say that, our highest-ranked team at the moment. Troy is at number seven, looking fairly dominant. They put up over 50 points in both of their games so far. Wow. Number 10, Lima Senior. They're up there because they have one win, and then Drew Pasteur's computer says it is the fifth biggest upset of the season so far when they beat Piqua in week one. Wow. A little bit of excitement in this region. We also have Troy. Is that number seven? Sydney is also one and one and number 10. They play in week 10. According to Drew Pasteur's computer and what is a uh, one of the more useless stats you'll ever come up with, that is the most likely week 10 matchup to be repeated in the first round of the playoffs. Wouldn't that be crazy? Back-to-back weeks playing the same team. Yep. And what's only thing I think it was crazier is someone is calculating how likely that is to happen already after two weeks of the season. Exactly. Long before your time, but in 1988, Minster played New Bremen in the final game of the season. New Bremen was undefeated. Minster was 7-2 and two in an utter downpour. Minster pulled off an upset <laughs> by one or three points. I forget what. And then next week, they had to play again in the playoffs, had them rematch the next week. How did that go? And I think Minster won by maybe seven in the rematch on a nice sunny day. Nice. Of course, that time is more notable for during that playoff game as I became engaged the night before. And then immediately sent my fiance off to her parents to tell the news while I stayed behind to watch the football game, of course. Nice. Got the future marriage off to the proper start there. Yes, of course. Moving down to Division Three, Region 10. 27 teams here. 20 have wins already. That means there are four teams who are not going to be good enough at one and one if the playoffs were held today to get in. So, wow. For region here, there are actually 11 undefeated teams in this region. At number eight is Defiance. They had a nice win over Wapakoneta. Yeah, that was a good win. Yep, and one that really should pay off in the computer points very much the rest of the season, I would think. Oh, yeah. Uh, did you see any of that game, Tyler? I did not. I, w- I just heard about it on Friday. Saw a little bit. Apparently, Defiance must not have a kicker. They just keep going for two points on all their after touchdowns, and I think they made five out of six or something like that so far this year. So as long as it's working, that's a good thing. But just early prediction, don't be surprised if Defiance loses a game by a point or two somewhere this season because they couldn't kick an extra point. They should go steal Wapak's kicker. Yeah. Although Wapak's kicker had a couple misses in that Defiance game. Kind of surprised. Yeah. All right, let's move over to Region 11 here in Division 3. Only 12 teams have won a game out of the 22 in this region so far. We are just following Belt Fountain. They are currently number six. Played a uh, very interesting game against Coldwater this week. Coldwater won 28-25. You want to guess which team made all their extra points and which team did not there, Tyler? Yeah, Coldwater. Wow. Coldwater made them. Bell Fountain missed, tried to make up for it with some two-point conversions, failed to convert those. Yeah. Turned out to be the difference a, in the game. That was a crazy game, though. Yeah, Coldwater had a big lead, and Bell Fountain came back late. Yeah, that 
Their quarterback is really good, though, for Bell Fountain. So, yeah, I've, I've watched a part of that too. It's nice having all these games on WOSN when you're up late at night. So, oh, he, yeah, he looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. We'll see if he's good at going to Ohio State. They have a lot of good quarterbacks go there. Hopefully, he can crack through the starting lineup sometime at his time there. Yeah. And finally, in Division Three, we have Region 12, where we have a few more teams. Of the 28 teams there, 18 have won at least one game. That means nine of them are 0-2 right now. That also means 19 teams with a win already. It's going to be a, one of the tougher regions to qualify for the playoffs, I would guess. Mm-hmm. At number six, we have Elida in the standings. They have what may be a really important game with 1-1 one one Kenton this week. Um, I believe we've mentioned before, Elida won some games early last year and then lost most of them at the end of the season. So they need to get their wins early. Kenton will be worth some points. Don't know how many yet, but loss here and Elida might be in trouble the rest of the year. We'll see. Yeah. We also have uh, what Tip City at number 11 right now and Salina at number 17. Who passed tour says Salina is the number six best team in Division Three in playoff danger. I love that stat. <laughs> the best team that might not get enough points to make it into the playoffs. He also says there's a 71% chance they're going to get in. So they're not in that much playoff danger, but no more than you would like. Still crazy how they're thinking about percentages of whether or not they'll get in right now. Yeah, it seems crazy, but it is fun to look at. Yes. In the long run, the results will take care of themselves. Sitting at number 20 in this region without a win yet, we have Greenville, Lima Shawnee, and Wapakoneta. Wapakoneta, with that 0-2 start, they are still very heavily favored in seven of their final eight games this year. So, as we said before, look for Defiance to get a lot of second-level points out of that win over Wapakoneta this week. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Once they come together, they'll be pretty good. I would have to agree with you there. To be honest, I think Defiance may be the second best team in the WBL this year. I still like Van Wert quite a bit. Oh, yeah. They're looking good right now. Okay, moving down to Division 4. Start with the Northwest Quadrant here, Region 14. 23 teams in this region. 17 have at least one win. We're going to start. We just mentioned Van Wert. They are number two in the region. They have sort of the uh, meteor part of their schedule right now. They play Salina. Defiance, Wapakoneta, and St. Mary's in the next four games. Oof, that's tough. Yep. They are favored in all four, but that wouldn't surprise me if they get tripped up once in there. Our other team, we have Kenton, currently 12th in the rankings, Lima Bath at 13th. And then we have our winless teams ranked at 18th right now in Ben Logan, St. Mary's, and Napoleon. By the way, St. Mary's, the number two toughest schedule in Division Four. That's never good to hear. Uh, that's the combination of uh, what would it be? St. Henry for their non-conference game, and then then the WBL schedule after that. Yeah. By the way, Lima Bath has the number three toughest schedule in Division Four. Owen Kenton has the number four toughest schedule in Division Four. So. The computer likes that W respects that WBL schedule, I believe. Yes, they do. Also of note, Lima Bath 
considered the most improved team in D4 so far this year, while Kenton is considered the number four most improved team. And Bass, probably because they had the number four biggest upset of the year in week one against New Bremen. 14 to 7, if I remember right, the score of that game. Yeah, that's I was shocked when I heard that score. New Bremen appeared to bounce back very well this week. So um yeah. Bremen lost their quarterback early in that bath game. I believe they have found a replacement. He looked pretty good against Mechanicsburg. So we'll probably mention that game again later. Oh yeah. And one last note from that region, Kenton. They're also listed as the number two best team in Division Four in danger of missing the playoffs. <laughs> Again, says they're probably about 74% chance of getting in. Oops, 73%. I better not overstate it, but we'll see. Working your way through that WBL schedule might be tough getting enough wins to make the playoffs there. Yep. All right, Division Four, Region 16, down in the southwest. 26 teams, 17 teams have won a game so far. Urbana, 2-0, is currently ranked number nine. So not, not an overabundance of computer points for them so far, if they're only number nine, if they're undefeated. They just took on uh, Fort Recovery and beat them. Yes, what? they did. And that 28 be, to 20? That sounds about right, yeah. I'd have to look it up. My chief researcher is not here this week, of course, to look these things up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> or Brandon, this week they play Bethel, who's also in their region here, winless and number 18. Big game for Bethel. We also follow uh, St. Paris Graham, who's winless at number 18. Graham also plays an undefeated team this week, playing 2-0 Brookville. Both those teams, hate to say it, but they're closing in on must-win territory. It's already starting to look tough if you look at the rest of their schedule, where they're going to get the points needed to make the playoffs. You were on the football team, right, Tyler? Yep. I played my freshman and sophomore year. Now, I'm I'm assuming the coaches always tell you they don't want you looking ahead and figuring out how the games, weeks, and stuff ahead are going to be. I'm also guessing you all do it, right? Yep. I always do it, so... I can say you can bet those kids at Bethel and Graham are looking ahead and thinking we need to get a win pretty soon or we're in some trouble, right? Oh, yeah. That gets us close to halfway through, Tyler. Surviving so far? Yes, we are. All right. Got nothing better to do. I don't have any homework tonight, so I'm not complaining. Wait, I thought I just heard you had lots of homework going on. Oh, well, that's a tomorrow morning problem, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yes, I remember those days well. All right. <laughs> Division 5, Region 18. 24 teams here, 19 of them have a win already. We're going to start with Coldwater. They're num ranked number one in the region right now. They have the number three toughest schedule in Division 5. But the worst part, they have to wait until the last two weeks of the season when they face Versailles and Marion Local. That could uh, make or break a team right there. Yeah, I'm not sure that's really what you want for the last two weeks before the playoffs. You really, you know, that's some games that could uh, cause a few bumps and bruises, I would think. Yeah. Following them at number five, we have Liberty Center. Liberty Center kind of have a 
easier game this week. They're waiting for their big matchup against Archbold next week. Always a big game. Yeah. Number eight, we have Spencerville, also undefeated. They host uh, DeGraff Riverside in a game that, once again, if you look ahead the rest of the schedule, this is a game they might need to make the playoffs, believe it or not. Their schedule gets a lot tougher after this. Riverside's a team that's going to be worth a lot of computer points if they can beat them. Yeah. But first you have to get the win. So we'll see in the coming weeks how Spencerville does here. We also have a couple of teams of one win. Liberty Benton at 14th. Indian Lake at 16th. And finally, we have Ottawa Glandorf, 0-2 in 20th place. Part of the reason might be that number one toughest schedule in Division 5 for Ottawa Glandorf. Gets no easier this week as they play Wapakoneta. That's going to be a tough win for Ottawa Glandorf to get. Yeah, well. Wapak's going to be angry and ready to take it out on someone, I think. No kidding. All right, moving south in Division 5, Region 20, we only follow two teams there. Uh, number 12, Milton Union. Number 13, Miami East. Both are 1-1. One and one. There are 21 teams that have won a game in this region so far. For five of those one and one teams, they are not doing good enough at the moment to qualify for the playoffs. Milton Union at number 12, they're probably going to make the playoffs no problem, I think, looking ahead at their schedule and how good they are. Miami East at number 13 has some key tests the next two weeks. They play Springfield Northwestern, and they play 0-2 Northridge in the next two weeks. And these are some games they really need to get some Ws if they want to stay up in the computer rankings. Yeah, those would be two good wins. All right. Now we're getting down into the smaller schools here. Division six. We're going to start region 22, where we follow many teams. There are 27 teams in that region, 18 teams that have won at least one game so far. <clears throat> we'll start at the top, Bluffton, ranked number one. Mount Blanchard Riverdale, undefeated, ranked number four. And then we have a slew of teams that are one and one right now. Columbus Grove, who we mentioned at the start of the podcast, currently seventh in this region. They have the number four toughest schedule in Division Six, And that includes a game against undefeated Defiance Ayersville this week. So Ooh, big, big points awaiting them if they can get that win. Yes. We have three teams tied at number 11 in the standings. Defiance Tenora, Hicksville, and Paulding. We then have Wayne Trace at number 18, the lowest scoring, uh, the lowest computer points of any one and one team in this region. And we have two teams who are winless yet. <laughs> number 19 ranked Sherwood Fairview and number 19 Van Buren. Van Buren has a decent chance to pick up their first win against one and one Arcadia this week, this week. Uh, but the Black Knights which I did not know Van Buren was the Black Knights, but I kind of like that nickname. You know? I do too. That That's kind of nice. Kind of feels Monty Python-ish or something. I don't know. Yeah. But the Black Knights are heavy underdogs pretty much the rest of the season after this game. So I'm rooting for Van Buren to get that win against Arcadia. It's always good to get one win in the books early on. Yes. That, that fighting through the O and whatever season is never fun. Nope, not at all. Heading down to the Southwest, Division 6, Region 24. 
23, only 23 teams in this region. 17 of them have at least one win so far. Dang. We'll start with Versailles. They are ranked number two. We have all kinds of notes here about Versailles. According to Drew Pasteur's computer, they have the second and third best team performance in Division Six this season. With their 35 to nothing win over Fort Laramie last week. And if you were following the scores as they came in, that was the halftime score. Yeah. It did not change in the second half. So and they also had a 26 to nothing win over Salina. Yeah, they've been playing good right now. That's for sure. According to this, they are also the number one toughest schedule in Division Six. This region also has the number two toughest schedule by Anna, the number three toughest schedule by Parkway, and the number five toughest schedule, which is owned by Allen East. So this region loaded with some tough schedules. Back to our standings, West Liberty Salem is also tied to for sales in the second slot. Drew Pasteur says they are the fifth most improved team in Division Six so far this year. And they were pretty good last year, if I remember right. Yeah, they were. They were really good. At number four, we have undefeated Tri-Village. We have five one-on-one teams in. We have number eight ranked Anna, number 12 Troy Christian, number 13 Parkway, number 14 Allen East, and number 15 Arcanum. And finally, we have North Lewisburg Triad, winless, one of the teams tied for 18th in the region. Oh, and one last note here from Parkway. If you ever go to the Drew Pasteur's Fantastic 50 site, if you dig in deep, you can find some really strange and useless stats. And here's one of them. Parkway is the number seven most likely team to get a playoff berth with just two wins. (laughs) That's crazy. How much extra time do you got on your hands at that point? (laughs) And... Just to add to it, they're the number three mostly most likely team to do so with just the one win they earned this week over Pioneer North Central. Yeah, Jake Circle's first head coach victory. Yeah, I bet he's pretty happy up there, former Minster defensive coordinator. Yep. And that brings us to Division 7. Here is the uh, the region that drives Rebecca nuts every time. We have one, two, three, four, five, there are 33 teams in this region, which drives me nuts. We are actually following 20 of those 33 teams. Jeez. I made it plenty well known last week that I wasn't a big fan of 33 teams in one region. Yeah, that's tough. And just for the fun of it, you say, well, maybe there's a lot of teams that aren't very good, aren't going to win much. 27 of those 33 teams have won a game so far. That's crazy. That means there are 11 one and one teams who at the moment are not good enough to reach the playoffs. <laughs> now that should shake itself out a little, but that's. Yeah. Plenty that, of season left. That's pretty tough. So, okay. We're going to spend a little time here. Tyler, we're working our way through region 26. You let me know if I miss something here. All right. We'll start with the undefeated teams. We have Patrick Henry ranked number one. Lipsick, number two. McComb, number three. Defiance Ayersville, number four. Antwerp at number five. Delphi St. John's at number six. 
and Waynesfield Goshen at number nine. Now, I believe I have some notes here on some of these teams. Oh, yes, I have many notes on some of these teams. Okay. Back to number two, Lipsick. They play number 11, Pandora Gilboa this week. A win here. Lipsick has a really good shot at making the playoffs. Pandora is actually favored by a touchdown, according to the Fantastic 50 computer. We'll see how that one shakes out this week. At number three, Macomb. They are listed as the number six most improved team in Division 7. And they were really good last year. <laughs> I mean, they were really good. So if they're better, look out Region 26, I tell you. They're probably considered improved because they had the number one and number three ranked top performances in D7 this year. A 42-7 to win over Allen East and a 55-13 to win over Convoy Crestview. Wow, those are some butt whoopings. Yep, and that's not chopped liver they're playing either. No. Allen East was 9-1 and one maybe in the regular season last year, something like that. That was a... Yeah, they were pretty good. Yep, saw them on WOSN a couple of times last year. They were a fun team to watch. Yeah. From what I see, McComb's doing it the way McComb usually does it. They've got some big boys on the line, and they're just pounding it, so... Yeah. <laughs> Number five, Antwerp. They actually have the seventh longest regular season win streak in the state at 18 games right now. Wow. At number six, Delta St. John's, they have the fifth toughest schedule in Division Seven. They had what? I don't know if you got a chance to see it, Tyler. I have not yet because I was traveling. Their game against LCC Saturday night sounded, or Saturday afternoon, excuse me, sounded absolutely fascinating. Yeah, they said five score changes, and uh, within like the last three minutes, there was touchdown, and it was pretty close up until the end. I think I saw St. John's had two touchdowns right late in the fourth quarter they were to come from behind for the win in that one. Yep. I'm hoping that gets replayed again later on this week so I can see that. That sounds like one heck of a game. That'd be fun to watch. Oh, and here's another stat, a little bit opposite of some other ones we saw. Waynesfield Goshen, undefeated number nine. They are the sixth most likely team to get nine wins in the regular season but still not get a home playoff game. That's crazy. How does that even happen? They could get nine wins and still finish out of the top eight in this region. So this region not only has a lot of teams, it has good teams too. Yeah. All right, let's move it back up. We have a bevy of teams at one and one in this region right now. We'll start with Lima Central Catholic we mentioned before at one and one. They are ranked number 10 right now. Pandora Gilboa is ranked 11th. Convoy Crestview number 13. Ada, Arlington, and Hardin Northern, all ranked 14th. And we have Arcadia, Ridgemont, Upper Soto Valley, and Van Lu, all ranked 21st in this region. And then finally, we have three winless teams in the region that we follow. Corey Rawson, Delphus Jefferson, Lima Perry, all ranked 28th at the minute. Back to those one-on-one teams, Lima Central Catholic, Says they're the number four, had the number four best team performance in Division Seven when they beat Lima Shawnee 42 to 14 in week one. They're putting up a lot of numbers. 
Yes, they are. Scored a lot against Delphi St. John's too. Just yeah, maybe not quite the defense in that game. Yep. We also have, and again, related to how many teams there are in this region and how many of them are winning, number 13, Convoy Crestview, is the number two best team in playoff danger in Division Seven. <laughs> At number 14, Arlington is the number three best team in playoff danger in Division Seven. I would think there'll be a lot of, lot of hand-wringing around the cut line in this region come the end of the season on who makes the playoffs and who doesn't. Oh, yeah. In some regions, when you're one of the top couple of seeds, you figure you got kind of a gimme in the first round of the playoffs. May not be the case in this region. You might have a tough team waiting for you. Yeah. But sometimes those uh, tough games early lead to better ones on the end there. Oh, yeah. If you get a little experience during the year, helps come playoff time. That's for sure. And helping the some little challenge in the early playoff games can pay off in the late ones. You get that playoff tough playoff game experience. Yep. And we'll move on to Region 28 now. We have a few less teams there. Not many, but a few less. By the way, the top four toughest schedules in Division 7 belong to teams in this region. That would be Marion Local, St. Henry, Fort Recovery, and New Bremen. I think I see a trend there, Tyler. I do, too. I think a max schedule ranks you pretty high on the old computer. Yes, it does. By the way, Minster comes in at a mere number six, by the way. So that's what we get for playing a, an 0-2 team in week two, right? Yeah, exactly. Let's start at the rank. We have three undefeated teams here. We have Marion Local at number one. We have Minster at number six. And we have Ansonia at number seven. Marion Local, by the way, has defeated two Division three teams, which is why they are number one right now. Yeah, they had some good wins. They also have the longest winning streak in the state at 34 games right now. That'd Not- be a thriller if uh, Minster could pull that off this week. Yes, indeed. We have Minster hosting Marion Local this week. I believe that is a – I saw that's a WOSN game this week also. Many people get a chance to see it. Mm-hmm. Not to make anyone nervous out there playing, just because everyone's going to be watching all week. Yeah. I mentioned Ansonia there at number seven. They are a huge favorite over 2-0 and Dixie this week, so watch for them to rise in the standings to be a lot higher than number seven come next week. Oh, and speaking of that Minster-Marion local game, I said earlier we weren't saying who the teams are that are predicted already in the playoffs at this point. Trust me, the winner of that game is already in the playoffs. Oh, uh, yeah, I bet. And it would not surprise me a whole lot if we mentioned that the loser of that game is already in the playoffs, if not darn close. So, <laughs> Yeah. But that's for next week's podcast. Exactly. Okay, where's our number? Where's our one-on-one teams? We have five of them here. We have Mechanicsburg at number eight. Just took a tough loss to New Bremen this week. Yeah, they did. The Graf Riverside at number nine. St. Henry at number 10. New Bremen at number 11. And Sydney Lehman at number 13. By the way, that St. Henry team, they are the number one best team in playoff danger in Division 7. Oh, gosh, that's not good. It says they have a 76% chance to get in. To be honest, I look at this region, there's 23 teams in this region, so only five teams or seven teams are going to miss the playoffs. 
I look at the yeah. bottom of the region. I see seven teams that are going to have less points than St. Henry. I don't think they're in any yeah. point danger whatsoever, but that's what the computer says. So now we get to our winless teams. First, we have Bradford at number 14. They're only 0-1. They played a club team the first week. And oh then we have Covington, Fort Laramie, Fort Recovery, and Mississippi Valley. All at 0-2, no points just yet. I think that'll change fairly soon here for at least Fort Laramie, probably Fort Recovery. Yeah. We have some notes here on some of these teams. Bradford, they have the third longest playoff drought in the state. They have not been to the playoffs since 2012. It'd be nice if Bradford could get up, take advantage of this region and get into the playoffs this year. Yeah, it wouldn't be. At number 14, 0-2 Fort Laramie. Oh, here we go. They are actually favored in their next six games, which is very good news for Minster and Versailles, the teams that beat them in the first two weeks of the season. Yeah, that is really good. If there's nothing else, if I haven't taught people listening to this podcast anything else, it's at second-level points or what the Harbin computer point system is all about. The way to get yes. points isn't who you beat. It's how many wins the team you beat goes on to earn during the season. Oh, yeah. Oh, and here's another one. At Fort Recovery at 0-2, they are listed as the fourth best team in playoff danger in Division 7. Again, in this region, you would think you ought to be able to get in, but Fort Recovery still 0-2. They have to get some wins somewhere if they're going to, and they're moving into the max schedule now where wins are not easy to come by. No, not at all. And we're going to wrap things up. Our eight-man football teams have started play this week. There are six teams. There were three winners and three losers this week, which sounds like it makes sense, but most of them weren't playing each other. Toledo Christian Striker opened their season with wins over teams from Michigan, which has a lot of eight-man football teams, by the way. Uh, That's crazy. Holgate was victorious, the only game featuring two Ohio teams. They defeated Sandusky St. Mary's. And then that leaves us with Lakeside Danbury, who lost. I saw just saw a highlight. I think the, the Michigan team they were playing scored a touchdown last couple of minutes of the game for the win type mm-hmm. game. And then Sebring McKinley also got a loss, our new team to six-man football this year. We'll be curious to see how they do as the season goes on. And that pretty much wraps up week two, Tyler. Oh, well, a lot of information. Yep. Hopefully it was somewhat interesting to most of you. It was interesting to me because I had no clue how all this stuff worked. (laughs) Well, next week we start saying which teams have secured playoff spots, including if any of them are up to the top eight, where they'll be, we can say they'll be hosting at least one playoff game. If anyone gets to the top four where they'll be hosting two playoff games, we'll be start mentioning that also. Don't expect that next week. And on the negative side, we'll start mentioning the teams who are out of playoff contention, though I don't really expect to see any of that yet next week. You only have to win a few games to make the playoffs in many of these regions, and there's still eight games left in the season to get those wins. So everyone still has hope for a while, right? Yeah, that's good. You never want to hear your name when it comes to playoff contention and you're not in it. That's for sure. I would kind of, uh, I don't know if it would or not, but I fear it might take a little bit of the wind out of your sails for practice in the coming week or so. 
Yeah. But anyway, if you have any comments, questions, you want to tell me how you wish Tyler was running this podcast instead of me, please send, oh, wow. <laughs> please send those to bdmonin at nktelco.net or just send it to me on Twitter at Bruce Monin. No spaces, by the way. And if you like the podcast, you saw it here on social media link somewhere, or someone just sent you a link to it, please subscribe to it on Apple iTunes Store, Amazon Music, or on iHeartRadio. We're available in all three places. Just search for Bruce Monin's Computer Points. To be honest, by the time you get halfway through the last name of Monin, that's the only thing that comes up on the search anyway. Yeah. Not hard to find. Nope, not at all. As we fade out here, Tyler, is there anything you'd like to add? Thank you for letting me join. This was awesome. My pleasure. Hopefully we won't be needing you anymore because Rebecca's the heart and soul of this podcast. But if we do, yep. we'll be looking for you, Tyler. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Thanks for your help. Here on Bruce Monin's Computer Points. So long, everyone. <laughs>